Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Exodus chapter 7 through 9, Rabbit Trails. We've got a lot to unpack today. First, we need to wrap our heads around this. The Israelites made up the bulk of all Egypt's labor and about a quarter of its entire population. No wonder Pharaoh didn't want to let them go, as to do so would be ruined for his empire with no skilled laborers. Think about today, the United States suddenly losing all of our construction folks, factory workers, farmers, kitchen staff in restaurants, electricians, plumbers, truck drivers, etc. These are the backbone of our country, and Egypt was facing just as great of a loss. Also, a little note, Pharaoh is a hard word for me to spell. I really think it should be spelled P-H-A-R-O-A-H. So if any of y'all have an opportunity to have that change, please do so. There were actually nine plagues total, only nine plagues. These did not happen one day after the other. Rather, the plagues were an ongoing punishment that went on for months. Estimates based on the timing of the crops being in the field for the seventh plague and the Passover being on the 14th of Nisan put the duration of the plagues from start to finish between 8 to 11 months. But what about the 10th plague? Well, that was actually a judgment. So the first three plagues were experienced by everybody, but plagues 4 through 9 were only experienced by the Egyptians. Plague number 3. Six and nine, those plagues were not announced ahead of time, but Pharaoh did receive a warning on the others. Did the plagues seem awfully specific in their craziness? There was a reasoning behind this. You see, Egypt was a society that worshipped many gods, and they believed that each god held a particular power and that no one god was all powerful. Now, the father, in his wisdom, used these plagues to one by one destroy the credibility of each false god. In Exodus 12, 12, the father says, On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am Yahweh. Okay, so on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. Let's check this out. Below are a listing of the gods and the corresponding plague that destroyed their credibility. Now, I usually go look up all the hard words and figure out how to pronounce them before I do these podcasts. I did not do that on these gods, Um, false gods, I will clarify. And so I'm just going to sound these out. Um, Most assuredly, this will not be the proper way to pronounce their names, but I trust that you probably aren't going to need to know how to pronounce their names, hopefully. Um, Okay, the first, happy. This is the god who supposedly supplied the Nile with fresh water. The corresponding plague was the water turning to blood. Heket. This is the goddess of fertility and renewal. She had the head of a frog. Corresponding plague. See if you can guess that one. (laughs) Frogs. Geb, the god of the earth, in charge of the dust of all the earth. The corresponding plague was the plague of lice coming from the ground. Kepri was the god of creation had the head of a fly. The corresponding plague was the plague of flies. Hathor, the goddess of love and protection, depicted with the head of a cow. 
The corresponding plague was the death of cattle and livestock. Isis, the goddess of peace and healing. The corresponding plague was the plague of boils. Nut, the goddess of sky. The plague of ice and fire was the corresponding plague there. But y'all note, this wasn't just hail. It was actually hail and fire at the same time. I've even read some speculations that, according to how the text is written, it's possible that the fire was actually within the ice. Make sure you check that out in the text. Also, Seth, the god of storm and chaos. Um, This corresponding plague was locusts coming from the sky. And lastly, Ra, um, the sun god. This was Egypt's chief god. Now, when Yahweh darkened the sun, the people saw that this God was powerless to bring light again. This was a great final blow to their confidence and to their system of gods. Note that sun God God worship has historically drawn a huge audience. An interesting rabbit trail you may want to take on your own would be sun God worship in the early church, blending other religions together in order to form a new, more palpable, or more comfortable religious practice is known as syncretism, and we'll be learning a lot about it in the coming months, so put that word in your back pocket. Now, a lot of people question how Yahweh could harden Pharaoh's heart. The problem is that we question Yahweh on that, rather than look to see Pharaoh's heart to begin with in his role in this. There are some key verses that we need to look at. In these verses, we will see that Yahweh had two primary purposes in all of this. Number one, to bring his people out of bondage to Egypt. And number two, to show Egypt that he was the one true God. In Exodus 7, 3, we read, I will bring forth my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And in Exodus 7, 5, we read, And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh. Now, regarding the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh's heart is referenced as being hardened many times in this passage. Note that the vast majority of the time, Pharaoh is hardening it himself. He is being stubborn going against the Father, defying this God that he sees himself as more powerful than. He was already hardened, and the Father just used that for his purpose in order to reveal himself to Egypt and to the Pharaoh. Now, something interesting to note is that the word hardened appears 20 times in this story. At one point, I counted 10 times the Pharaoh hardened his own heart, and 10 times the Father hardened his heart to serve his purpose. Some people might say that this was unfair for God to harden someone's heart purposefully. First of all, let me be clear that my stance is that what God does is God's business. It is not my place to justify, excuse, or try to convince anyone that God is just, because He is, and His acts are righteous. God owes us no explanation. Sometimes, though, we have hardened our own hearts to God, as is clearly the case with Pharaoh. We are dealing with an ego here of a man who viewed himself as a God. Now, in these cases, God may use that hardening for his purpose. In this case, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart was used as a means of demonstrating to the Egyptians that he is the one true God and that all of their deities were powerless. We will also see that sometimes God may harden a man's heart for a short period of time in order order to eventually bring them to him. How wonderful is that outcome? 
We see a repentance of Pharaoh in 927, Exodus 927. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. Yahweh is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. And so Yahweh relents. But what happens as soon as the skies are sunny again? Exodus 9.34 But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. Now, in today's culture, we would say that Pharaoh had not really repented to begin with. But all too often, we are guilty of doing the same thing Pharaoh's doing here. Crying out in distress, receiving grace, and then turning back to our own ways. How are we any better than Pharaoh? Be mindful of how the Father viewed Pharaoh in light of this. In our time, repentance has become a cheap action that simply means to regret or momentarily feel sorry about something. But the Hebrew, the original Hebrew word for repent is teshuva, and this means to turn from our sin and wrongdoing and to turn to the Father and His ways. It is a complete turnaround in one's life, a turning from and a turning to. This is what repentance is to the Father, and His view is all that matters in this. Tomorrow, we will go a little deeper on one plague in particular. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.